Hello again, friend. I'm Mike McCurry, and this is Bible Tract Echoes. Welcome into my office. I want to thank you so very much for taking of your time and joining me right here. If you can believe it, the plan is to be done with Mark chapter number eight today. We're actually going to crack the uh, opening, crack the case on Mark chapter number nine, actually. And uh, I want you to stick around for that. But Mark chapter number eight, we're going to be looking at verse number 27 here in just a moment. Before we get there, though, let me tell you about a gospel tract. This one right here is a gospel tract I honestly almost hope you don't need. This one's called Thank You for Your Kindness at the Loss of My Loved One. I've seen this gospel tract in use. I recall not that long ago, dear, dear family in our church, long time members, some of the most faithful folks I know, father passed away. And I saw this gospel tract used. He was a younger man. He, he wasn't, I don't think he was in his 60s. And he was maybe not even 50. I, I'm not sure what his age was, but I do know this. In our minds, humanly speaking, he was taken before his time. Now, it was in God's time. But I watched a wife left behind and two children giving out these gospel tracts at the funeral. Thank you for your kindness and the loss of my loved one, written by Paul Levine. I'd encourage you to go to BibleTracksInc.org and to order some of these if you are ever in need of them. Again, I hope, I pray that you don't need them, but it's likely that should a loved one of yours ever pass on, I pray they go to heaven, of course. I pray that they know for sure where they're going. But it's very likely, even if your loved one knows where they were going, there will be lost folks, people that don't know Christ, that come to the funeral. And this gospel tract was written with that specific need in mind. And so, if you would, go to BibleTracksInc.org and order some of these. We're in the book of Mark chapter number 8. We have got a lot to get to. We're going to begin in verse number 27 as you find your place there. Let me just tell you very quickly, my wife and I will be going to Kenya. Lord willing, I know how things can change and all that type of stuff, but we're planning in December, going to Kenya, have a large project we're planning to gear up for. Speaking of, if the Lord lays on your heart to partner with us in prayer, we'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. That more important than your money. If you feel led to give, praise God. But I'd encourage you, if you'd begin to pray even now, if we got a dozen, a hundred, thousand people, so many folks that listen to this broadcast. If we got some of you, many of you, to pray for this project in Kenya, I believe more so than your money, that would go so far in seeing God do a marvelous work. So if you'd like to keep up with our travel updates, we try to give, I, I don't do them as much as I should, to be honest with you. I'm going to be in, uh, I've been in Wisconsin, Colorado, I'm going to be in Colorado, Iowa. Uh, I'll be out in Maryland later this year and all over the place. And Lord willing, down in Texas, maybe next year, uh, Louisiana, trying to get those dates on the calendar. Pastor down there wants me to come down, just hasn't been able to work out. But and maybe in January, February, I might be, might be, again, pray for us in Australia. Papua New Guinea and Fiji, possibly even New Zealand again. So we've got a lot going on, but we need your prayers. If you'd like to keep up with travel updates and whatnot, text the word travel, T-R-A-V-E-L, if I spelled that correctly, travel, T-R-A-V-E-L, text it to this phone number. I'll give it to you twice. You ready? 309-316-7240. Again, that's 309-316-7240. 
zero. Now, we're in the book of Mark, chapter number eight, if we're going to get through the entirety of the rest, we've got about, um, let's see here, 11, 12 verses to get through. Mark, chapter number eight, verse number 27. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elias, and others, one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth, and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. You ever just gotten the answer right? You ever been maybe in a pop quiz in, in school and, and no one else could figure it out and you shot your hand up in the air and you knew the answer. You got the gold star and the smiley face. Well, that's what Peter got here. Thou art the Christ. Not only was he bold enough to say it, he was right in saying it. Verse 30, and he charged them that they should tell no man of him. You realize that the time for his crucifixion is coming very soon. The time for him to give his life, and it's all in God's timing. He charges them, keep this under your hat. Verse 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. They don't know if he took him by the shoulders or pulled him off to the side or what have you. But when Jesus, when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter. So it sounds as though, it appears as though Peter may have took, took him, maybe took him a little uh, space away, or maybe just took him and kind of tried to have a private conversation with him, turned Jesus back on the disciples and he's looking him dead in the eye and rebukes the one he just called Christ. But when he had turned about Jesus and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same shall save it. But what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For uh, whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the angels. The thought today that I want to convey is this highest of highs, lowest of lows. Think about Peter. Verse number 29, he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And then, verse 32, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, and Jesus' Jesus's response was firm. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're speaking of, we're speaking with words like your father the devil. You don't tell me whether or not I'm going to suffer and die. You don't tell me that I'm not going to die for the sins of the world. Yes, I'm king of glory, but I've come here for the purpose of saving mankind. Get thee behind me, Satan. Highest of highs, lowest of lows. I wonder how full of himself. I'm not, I'm not assuming he was, but I wonder. I wonder. I can see myself in Peter sometimes. 
I wonder if I had been Peter. Thou art the Christ. Yeah, you're correct, Peter. Keep that under your hat. I wonder how how much I'd be beaming with pride and kind of be a little full of myself and just uh, kind of, you know, just kind of rub my fingernails right there in my lapel and, yeah, I know what's up. And then Jesus begins to speak to them and tells them directly, here's what's going to happen to me. And Peter, still maybe a little full of himself, or maybe maybe out of concern, Regardless, he pulls Jesus aside, pulls him off to the side, and begins to rebuke the king of glory. I mentioned uh, the gold star and the smiley face. I used to. I still pick them up every once in a while, not often. But uh, don't think less of me, all right? You're not allowed to, all right? You got to give me grace for this. I have enjoyed the simple pleasures of Calvin and Hobbes. Do you remember that old, I think it was Bill Watterson, that old comic strip? Oh, man. For some reason, if you're wondering if my personality was formed by reading a lot of Calvin and the Hobbes as a, at a young age, you're probably correct. My mom tells us that sarcasm was our first language and English came second. I don't know if that's the case or not, and I don't know if that's something to be proud of or not, but I enjoyed I, my parents, for some reason or another, uh, they had a full the full Calvin and Hobbes collection. There was probably eight, nine, ten books. And so I'd enjoy reading them. I enjoy reading everything. And that was part of it. I just enjoyed reading every. I'm right now reading a biography of Ben Franklin. And uh, I've got uh, multiple books and my stack of books to read is so high. And I'm trying to work through them. But as a child, I read everything. Calvin Hobbes is one of them. Came, came to mind, there's this comic strip where I think Susie Durkins was her name. His One of his arch nemesis as a six-year-old little Calvin. He did not like Susie Durkins. And Susie had gotten something along the lines of a gold star or a smiley, a smiley face, I think it was, on her homework assignment. Look, I got a, I got a smiley face on mine. And Calvin uh, gets very irritable. And the little, the speech bubble, the thought bubble that comes up in the last, the last comic strip pane there was something along the lines of, uh, he was looking down at his, the context is he's looking down at his homework because I think Susie asked him, what did you get? I don't want to talk about it. None of your business. And looks down at his and he says, I didn't even know they made a puking face. The insinuation is that he did very poorly on his homework. Where was I going with all that? I had a point. Highest of highs, lowest of lows. Sometimes you get the gold star and the smiley face, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes I, I think of my dad when he was when he would do um, uh, editing for some of his subordinates on little orders or memos or things that needed to go out to their company or battalion, or, or he was a DCO, deputy brigade commander, um, for a time. And he had the um, had the opportunity to do a lot of editing because he wanted to make sure these things were correct. And he would talk about how sometimes he would have to bleed all over them because his red pen was just, it, it was so atrociously, grammatically wrong. And of course, his subordinates had to go and fix it, right? Highest of highs, lowest of lows. It's amazing, though, how oftentimes the lowest of lows come right on the heels of the highest of highs. Sometimes it's the best days that we then see immediately after the worst days. I'd encourage you, friend, don't let that be true for you. Am I saying that we can live on the high all the time? We're going to be on the mountaintop? No, no. But I would be careful to guard 
that experience, if you would, to guard that opportunity. When God has given you the, 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 the chance to be close to him, and he, he always does, this is not some momentary thing, let's do our best not to disrupt that, to hurt that, to mess that up. Too often, I do something right after the good days, right after the best day at church. I do something, have a thought, or I have a an attitude, and it just it destroys, to some degree, what God has done, at least in my own mind. And Highest of highs, lowest of lows. Tomorrow on the broadcast, we're going to jump into Mark chapter number nine. If you can believe it, we're making good time. I want to thank you so very much for joining me once again. My prayer, as always, is simply this. Have a great day for his glory. And if you would, pray for us. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.